0: Fancy, why'd you leave me? Why'd you leave me? I have to say, I I prayed this night wouldn't come. (laughs) But that was a prayer of selfishness and fear. And I'm very glad that the prayers of the faithful people of Trinity Church Concord and the working of the Holy Spirit prevailed. Because this is where you're to be. So, Nancy, good people of Trinity Church, Bishop Gates, colleagues in ministry in Massachusetts, good people of Concord, brothers and sisters in Christ, it is indeed a great privilege and honor to be with you this evening for this wonderful celebration as we gather together to mark the beginning of a new chapter, a new season in the life of Trinity Church. At times like this, I often wonder, to whom am I really preaching? And what is the purpose of the sermon? Am I to address the people of Trinity Church and to remind you just how lucky you are to have her? Am I to look over the top of my glasses and sort of wave my finger at you and say, You better love her, because she's going to love you with all of your heart. And I want you to love her just the same. For those of you that came to Trinity, you've already seen that. Am I here to encourage and inspire Nancy for this new season and challenge? You go, girl. You got this. Be strong, be courageous, be prophetic, lead the people of God. Am I supposed to remind both of you, priests and people, that now is the time? Times like these don't come often in the life of the church. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity to change and grow. Don't miss the opportunity to get a little uncomfortable. And as a, only as Episcopalians can do it, to live a little on the wild side. <laughs> I'll let you decide on yourselves what that means. <laughs> but give something new a try. Or finally, am I here simply solely to preach the gospel? You can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong proclaiming the life-transforming good news of the risen Lord. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Amen. That will preach every time. That always works. Well, the answer is, I think I'm here to do a little bit of all that. So I better get going and give it a whirl. Nancy limited me to 30 minutes. <laughs> And remember, before I say anything, that the words of this preacher are in no way to be held by the rector or the good people. Don't hold her responsible for what I say and do. She has a tender spot in her heart for me, and I'm not still quite sure why. But here we go. Trinity Church, you're lucky to have her. Love her and support her. Nancy, you're lucky to be at trinity. You've got this. Lead the people. Be a prophet. Be a pastor. Be a priest. Trinity and Nancy, this is an amazing opportunity that doesn't come often, so don't miss it. Take full advantage of this time. Be bold. Be faithful. Be courageous. And for heaven's sake, give the spirit room to work. Now with the preparatory remarks dispatched with, let's get down to it. On Saturday, I was blessed to be invited to participate in a workshop at Princeton Led by Parker Palmer. The courage to lead, personal transformation, and social change was the topic of the day. So, after opening comments and introductions, Parker offered a quote by E.B. White I arise in the morning. I arise in the morning torn, torn, torn between the desire to improve the world. And the desire to enjoy it. This makes it hard to plan the day. <laughs> we all got a laugh from that little poem. But the truth of those words is still echoing in my heart. We wake up every morning ready to seize the day. What shall we do? What shall we do with the day that stands before us? Improve the world, change the world, challenge the world, transform the world. Or have a cup of coffee. Check out Facebook and Instagram. Instagram. Retweet some inane, ridiculous something. Maybe follow it up with a little online shopping. And then head out to the Y for a yoga class. (laughs) Or on those most extreme mornings, you wake up and you say, why bother? Just don't get out of bed. Call in sick. Have ice cream for breakfast. And then binge watch something on Netflix. I say that Sunday mornings at 6 o'clock. My Lord, what do we do in times like these? How do we live in the world? At least for me and maybe for you too. Some days I feel like I'm drinking water from a fire hose. So much is coming out. So much is coming at us with power and intensity. The world is coming at us with a volume and velocity that we've never experienced before. We are not in Mayberry anymore if we were ever there to begin with. Sitting on the front porch on a Sunday afternoon drinking sweet tea, Telling gossip and telling jokes and talking about our neighbors. Pandora's box has been opened. Opened so wide with such intensity, so much coming at us. My God. My God. I mean, literally, what are we to do? What can we do? So we arise in the morning to face the day torn. Do I improve the world? Change the world? Or just enjoy the ride? Ride the tide. Ride the wave. Because to fight it, it will pull you down. It will pull you down. And knock you to the bottom. This is the time, I believe, in which we live. So... Who are we as the people of God in times like these? As the church, what are we called to do? What is our mission, our purpose? Because we too, as the body of Christ, as the church, we arise in the morning torn. The cultural and societal tides are strong. And the tide seems to be changing quickly and picking up power. What do we do? What now? Do we work to change it, to redirect it, to transform it, to harness it? Or do we just ride it, enjoy it, make the best of it? What can we do anyway? Well, sisters and brothers, this is where i got to turn the heat up just a wee bit. We may arise in the morning torn, but we best not stay that way. Do we work to improve the world or simply to enjoy it? There is no question. There is no question. Our call is transformation and radical incarnation not to sit back and enjoy the ride of the societal tide and cultural wave of whatever comes what may. Though the societal tide and cultural wave may be strong and getting stronger and see too strong and too overpowering, that is no reason for us to shy away to shy away from the great high calling of the sacred work of proclaiming the transformative good news of Jesus Christ. So, people of Trinity Church, Concord, brothers and sisters, now is the time for the church to shine. Now is the time for us to stand tall and stand strong. Now is the time for us to give it our best. Now is the time for us to give it our all. Now is the time to dig deep, to dream big, to swing for the fence and to let it fly. Now is the time for the gospel. Now is the time for the good news. Now is the time for the tide to change because the way of the cross, the way of Christ is on the move. It has to be. Now was the time to improve the world, to change the world, to challenge the world, to transform the world. We, my sisters and brothers, are about the sacred and holy task of being Christians and of proclaiming the good news. And let me say that another way. We are not about the business of going to church. We are about the business of being Christians. We are about the business of being disciples of Christ. And they're not the same thing. Not by a long shot. Simply going to church is one thing. Fully living into the gospel is quite another. One way of being may ask of us only an hour or two once a week or even less. This way lulls us into a daze to passively enjoy the ride. And as the church hatch, match and dispatch, make sure we have coffee hour, nice confirmation, a tender Christmas pageant and Easter flowers. Job done. Let's go home. The other way, however, ask us for everything, requires everything, demands everything. We are called to an all in ministry to love and serve the Lord with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all of our strength for being a follower of Jesus Christ He is not for the faint of heart. In the gospel lesson for today, when the disciples heard the word of our Lord Jesus Christ, what did they say? Wow. Great, Jesus. That sounds super easy. Let's do it. No, they said no. No way. This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? And may I add, who can live it? Who can live this word of living bread? This is far too hard. Following Jesus Christ is hard. Being part of the Jesus movement is hard. Being an agent of transformation is hard. Playing church is one thing. Being a disciple of the risen Lord is quite another. When you arise in the morning and the day awaits, good people of Trinity Church, I want you to remember that the Spirit is at work in you and in this place. This is no time to ride the tide. So be bold. Be faithful. Be courageous. And give the Spirit some room to work. The Spirit of the Lord beckons us forward. Despite our fears, despite our uncertainty, despite our trembling knees, my work says the Lord must be done. For there is a starving world longing for the bread of heaven. For when we come and gather at this table, we are not going through the motions of some sentimental ritual action. This is not easy church and fast food, Jesus. We come to feast. We come to experience the risen Lord. We come to experience a foretaste of the heavenly banquet. We come to be filled. We come to be filled with grace and hope, to be filled with love and mercy, to come to be filled with life. We come to be filled with life at the table and not just regular life. We come to be filled with resurrected life. And resurrected life is life that has been broken, been betrayed, been spit upon. Resurrected life is life that has died. But death could not stop it. Resurrected life said, no, I will live in spite of the betrayal, in spite of the brokenness, in spite of the cross, in spite of the death. I live. That's different. That life will not be stopped. That's amazing. I fear now, though. When people come to church, they don't expect much. They expect polite, well-mannered liturgy, which, as you can see, I always strive to give them. <laughs> An adequate children's program, a couple of outreach opportunities, a pleasant priest. Sometime we do it. Sometimes we don't. Something nice, something tame, something controlled. Something controllable. A nice ornament to decorate the tree of our lives. But I believe we're selling ourselves short. That's good. That's nice. That's enough, we say. Well, it may be good. It may be nice. But it's not enough. Not enough. Not by a long shot. Our world deserves more. Our world needs more. What would happen to the church? What would happen to the world if we truly lived into the fullness of God's radical love? What would happen if we really were bold and faithful and courageous? What would happen if we really did give the Spirit some room to work? This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? Following Jesus is not for nannies. This should make us tremble. This should take our breath away. This should stop us in our tracks. This is the gospel of Christ that brings life from death. For this is the bread of life, this is the bread of hope, this is the bread of reconciliation, this is the bread of mercy and peace, this is the bread that makes the blind to see and the deaf to hear, the lame to walk, and the dead to rise, this is the bread that breaks down the walls of hatred and racism, this is the bread that binds up the broken-hearted. this is the bread that proclaims release to the captives, this is the bread that makes us beat our swords and the ploughshares and calls the lion to lay down with the lamb. This is the bread of life, this is the the bread of heaven yes this is difficult teaching this is the most difficult most absurd most ridiculous most preposterous teaching ever known and the one that the world most desperately desperately needs the world will not be transformed and the kingdom will not be made manifest by an easy and reasonable gospel A gospel of sentimentality and nostalgia. The world will be transformed by bold vision, faithful proclamation, and courageous action. And we are called to such a radical notion that those around us may think we've actually lost our minds. For this teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? Now, however, is the time. Now is the time, Trinity Church. Now is the time, brothers and sisters, to hear and heed the call of Christ. So, my friends, this night, let's enjoy this night. Let us sing and pray. Let us come to the table and feast. Let us surround Nancy and and all all of us together, one another in God's spirit, God's love, God's grace and God's goodness. Let us drink from this night. And when the evening comes to a close, we will return to our homes and rest. And then by the grace of God, the sun will rise. And so too shall we. The day before us, what shall we do? Improve the world or just enjoy it? Will we be torn? My friends, the Lord leaves that completely up to us. So, Nancy, my dear, my dear friend, impart in this wonderful ministry of Jesus Christ. And, good people of Trinity Church, Daggummit, you better take care of her. The time has come. This new day, this new season awaits. The sun is rising. Possibilities before you. Bread of life for a hungry world. This is difficult teaching. Who can accept it? I know without a doubt you are up to the challenge. Be bold. Be faithful. Be courageous. And for heaven's sake, give the spirit room to work. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen.